0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you wherever you are, whatever time of day this may be, when you might be hearing this message. This is Reverend K Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. And now it is time for today's edition, episode 66 of our Bible Bites as we are going through the scriptures this year and reading the Word of God. And so today's reading for me, is found in Deuteronomy chapter 24 through 27, four chapters today, 24, 25, 26, and 27. So I'm going to try to get through those with just a few comments here, that um, that I hope will be a blessing to you. First of all, in chapter 24, we just read a, a bunch of other. Um, explanations. Remember, Deuteronomy is when Moses is explaining to this generation more in detail about what the law contains and the various elements of the law. So he's giving explanation here primarily more detail about how Jesus said to love thy neighbor as thyself. It's interactions one with another, how to treat each other, how to deal with certain situations that will arise. Excuse me. And things like that. For instance, in verse five of chapter 24, he says, when you're newlywed, you get a year off of being uh, drafted from any kind of official military service. And that that way you get to really know each other. You get to spend that first year um, building a foundation in your marriage. And then, for instance, in verse six, it speaks of how you don't take someone's millstone, upper or or lower for pledge in things. And the reason is because the millstone, both the upper and the lower, were, were necessary for their livelihood. That was how they would take their grain and they would crush it and be able to grind it into flour for their food and for their livelihood and for their sustenance. So God cared about those kinds of things. And he's trying to take good care of his people. Then... Later on, verse 17 of that same chapter speaks of how the fathers nor the children will bear responsibility uh, for the other's sin, but each will bear responsibility for their own sin. So it just gives us the principle of personal responsibility here in that particular um, verse. Then in verse 19 through 22, we read again, as in in other places in the law, about gleanings from the harvest and how you're not to be greedy. You're not to keep every little thing for yourself, but you're to go and reap your harvest, your field, your vineyards or whatever it may be and then you leave those last ones for the poor and for the widow and for the strangers and and for the fatherless because God cares about provision for them and we see a beautiful picture of someone who did this when we get to the book of Ruth because that's exactly what Boaz was doing excuse me and we also see Something that Boaz did in chapter 25, when we get to Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 through 10. This is where we read about the Leverite law, where the the brothers or the nearest kinsmen would redeem a brother's property. And that meant to take his wife and, and bear a son, um, for him, for the brother who had died or or that kind of thing. And we see this beautifully play out in the book of Ruth. And you'll also find here the information about how, when we read in Ruth, how they took the sandal, the one guy took the sandal off of his foot and how he was known as the one who had his sandal removed. And so this explains what that means because he was refusing to take Ruth as his wife and to raise up his brother's name again in Israel. And so it was a shameful thing that he was doing. And so he he was known to be the one who had his sandal removed. And so you can read that in the book of Ruth chapter 4. And uh, we read all the information about that and how Boaz followed exactly this pattern. And he did everything exactly like this had said to be done. <clears throat> then in verse 13 of chapter 25 it speaks to us about not having differing weights in other words God wants us to be honest and true and just equitable accurate there he wants there to be no fraud and no deception in anything and that's what he's speaking of there because he is honest and true and just and equitable and so we as his people are to exhibit his character as well in verse tw- in chapter 26 verses 1 through 11 I love this. This gives us details about the feast of first fruits and how that was to be done and what even was to be said. And the beauty of the first fruits feast is that this represents the, the fulfillment. It gives us the pattern that points us to the fulfillment which came with Jesus Christ raising from the dead. And if you will remember, When he saw Mary Magdalene right after he had arisen from the dead, he told her, do not touch me. For I've not yet ascended to my Father, but I am ascending to my Father and my God. And and so that's the reason for that is because here he was following the pattern in the first fruits. He was ascending to God just like they had to bring their first fruit offering, their omer, to the priest. And they couldn't enjoy the harvest before that time he couldn't enjoy fellowship with Mary in the sense of, of any, um, any hug or embrace or anything like that until he had presented the omer of his own body and of the first fruits to God in heaven. So he ascended to present that and then he came back down. Maybe he even declared before God in heaven, some of these same points. I don't know. We don't know that. But we do know that the pattern for the feast of first fruits and how it was to be observed is given to us more in detail here in chapter 26, verses 1 through 11 of Deuteronomy. And that represents and points us to the fulfillment which came at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you'll remember in the Gospels we read that later that same day he came to his disciples and then they could handle him. Then they could enjoy it because he had presented the Omer. He had risen from the dead. He had ascended to his father and presented this first fruits to God in heaven. And then he was able to enjoy the rest of the harvest after that. And there's more details of that in my feast study if you'd like to um, to pay attention or to go back and, and observe that. I did a Facebook live video series on the feasts of the Lord and it's on this Facebook page this same page where you're hearing this message. You can certainly go back and you can understand more about the Feast of Firstfruits or any of the other feasts if you want to um, look into that Then we get into chapter 27, and Moses, again, reiterates for them, that there are blessings and there are curses and he goes into some specifics about the curses here and lays them out he tells them you've got to go into when you go into the land make the tablets write upon them the law put them on mount evil and then you'll stand some will stand on mount gerizim some will stand on mount evil and they'll declare these curses and these blessings and one of the things that the main thing i wanted to point out under this curse Remember we've talked about how Christ was the curse he he redeemed us from the curse of the law and so we come to Christ in faith we believe in him in faith and he saves us and empowers us by the Holy Spirit of God to live godly lives. And remember, he summarized all of the law in these two commandments, to love God with all of your heart and soul and and body and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments according to Christ. And all of the law is summarized in those. And it's the Holy Spirit and the grace of God that enables us to be able to keep those things. But I just want to leave you with this last point. And that is in chapter 27, <clears throat> verse 26. It says here, cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them. And all the people shall say amen. In other words, what he's saying here is the same thing that James repeats in the book of James, in James two thirteen, where he talks about how if we um, don't keep the law in one point, we're guilty of all. And the point that I want to bring out about that is that there's only one person that has ever lived that was perfect and that kept all of the law in every detail, fulfilled everything and was found guiltless or was found guilty in nothing. He was guiltless and sinless and perfect and his name is is Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, the promised one from the Old Testament. He was the only one who could perfectly keep all of this. And thanks be to God that we are now the righteousness of God in Him. And it is by Him and by the Holy Spirit's enabling and empowering that we are able to live godly lives that bring Him glory and bring Him honor and bear Him much fruit in our love and in our obedience to Him. And so, beloved, Jesus is the only sinless one. But when we come to faith in Him, He empowers us to live a godly life. And I pray that God is blessing you, strengthening you in his word and in faith in him and bringing you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you today and may you join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. God bless you.